0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series, and now here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Well, good morning. I think we've got the heat going here. <laughs> we've had it going; it just takes a little bit while to uh, to get warmed up in here. Well, let's see. Um, how many here would consider yourself a techno geek or kind of a technophile? All right, a, a few of you. Well, this last week was probably the closest thing to heaven you're going to have on earth. Uh because I don't know how many of you are aware of it, but um this last week in San Francisco was Macworld Expo and at the very same time in Las Vegas was the Consumer Electronics Show and all of the latest electronics and technology uh gadgets and ga- you know, g- gadgets and gizmos, gadgets and gizmos, whatever they are. You know, man, if you're into that stuff, it's just like, "Whoa, look at all this new stuff that's coming out." Um uh, Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone, which Cisco already had a patent on the name, but never mind. That doesn't stop Steve Jobs. He just goes ahead and names it that way anyway, you know. And he came out with ITV, you know, the the, the entertainment technological hub where you can store stuff on your computer and watch it on your TV and all of that kind of stuff. And not to be outdone, not to be outdone, Microsoft has teamed up with Ford, and uh, now they're doing hands-free MP3 phone, cellular phone calls, voice activated in your car. You know, where you can push buttons on the steering wheel? That's what we need, more distractions on the road. But the buzzword still continues to be, and it has for the last couple of years, HD. High definition. HD TV, man, that is the thing. And it's not just 720i, a p now, it's 1080i, whatever that means, I don't know. I'm getting lost in all this stuff. Now there's HD camcorders, you can watch your kids take a bath in high definition, you know? Isn't that cool? DVD players now, they're coming out high, uh, now and then there's a big debate, there always is, you know we went through this with beta and VHS now it's okay, what's going to be the high definition for DVDs? It's going to be HD DVD or is it going to be Blu-ray? I'm not buying until somebody figures it out I've decided that and the biggest thing at the Consumer Electronics Show was a 108 inch LCD HD TV oh it's like all the men in the room just went, 108 inches, that's nine feet of high definition television! Whoa! Can you get up? I mean that's like, you put that in your house, that's going to be like sitting in the front row of a movie theater, you know? Just eyes bugging out, high definition, it's high quality, it's, it's, it's greater clarity, sharper focus. I thought, you know, that's a pretty good description of life as God intended it. With clarity, with focus, with high definition. It's living life with a sense of meaning and and purpose and direction. It's really about life as God designed it. And actually, the biblical term for that is calling. Over and over again, as you trace this through Scripture, God has this idea of calling on people's lives. And that doesn't extend to just a few people. I mean, when I was growing up as a kid, it was like if you had a calling, that meant you were either going to be a pastor or a missionary. But if you trace it through Scripture, that's not the case. The truth is you have a calling. You and I, each and every one of us, have a calling. In fact, not too long ago, um, some, we were interviewed, people were interviewed in downtown San Francisco, um, man on the street kind of stuff. Asking people, because very few people, even though we have this calling, very few people live with a sense of calling. And I just want you to kind of see a little bit, some video of of that uh, interview. Do you have what could be considered a purpose or a calling? No, thanks. Everybody has a purpose. What would yours be? Haven't really thought about it. Do you have what you consider a purpose or calling? No. Yeah, I think so. What would it be? It's hard to put into words. Purpose of calling? Do you, the reason why you're here on Earth. Uh-huh. What would that be? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I never really thought of it. Sell more advertising. <laughs> That's my purpose. I don't know how to answer that. Do you have what would be called a purpose or calling? Uh I do. I don't know if it's totally defined for me yet, but I think I do. I believe I do. What's a piece of it? To be happy. Okay. Alright. What's this for? Do you have what is called a purpose or calling? Still working on that. Who well, are you guys with? Do you have what you consider a purpose or calling? Uh, to live. Find breathing. Yeah. Oh, That's you, about it. You just achieved everything right now. Chemistry and physics. That's all it is. That's right. What would you say is your purpose or your calling to make it a better world? are you a- achieving that? I think so. I think so. Love, think locally, act locally, act globally, think, uh, act locally, think all think all locally, think all what would be called a uh, purpose or calling? Uh, I think uh, yeah I think I do. What is it? My purpose or calling is to uh, support um, my family and live a, uh, a life that uh, benefits and honors uh, the Lord and leads to uh, everlasting fulfillment. to you 1st John chapter 3. See what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is it does not it does not know him. Dear friends now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. You have a calling. And if you trace this idea of calling throughout Scripture, you find that there are three aspects to it, three dimensions to this purpose, the sense of purpose and this sense of calling. And to start off this whole series, I'd like you to take a look at that with me and kind of think about it in terms of your own life. What is your calling? What is your purpose? The first aspect, it is all about becoming. You are of a calling. You are called to become. We are called to become. The first thing that has to do with the sense of call is all about identity. That's what John says. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are and who you are becoming. In fact, look at verse 2. What we will be has not yet been made known. But we know when He appears, we shall be like Him. then he goes on and says, all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. It's living life in the way that God had in mind for you when He created you. It has to do with inner qualities of, of character and integrity. And those inner thoughts and attitudes that you carry with you. It's living life from the inside out. And that's so much more powerful than just making New Year's resolutions. You know, this is the second weekend now. It's four, been 14 days into the new year. Most of you that have made New Year's resolutions by now, you've given up on them. That's statistically how it goes. If it lasts for two weeks, if you go more than two weeks, you have a good chance of making it. Most people have given up on their New Year's re- resolutions by, year to, by week two. The problem is because we're trying to change ourselves by changing external behavior. He says the change comes from within. Living life from the inside out. People make resolutions. Well, this year I'm going to go to church more. That is far different than saying, this year I'm going to nurture my soul. (laughs) Those are two different things. You're going to have greater success. In fact, you're probably going to go to church more if you make a decision to nurture your soul. It's living from the inside out. And that, by the way, is a lifelong journey. And the good news is that God sees in you and in me more than we see in ourselves. So often in Scripture, God would see something in somebody and, and tell them about their future and what He was doing in their lives and what they were going to become. And very often when He did that, along with that came a name change. He came to a man named Abram whose name meant exalted father. Had no kids, but that was his name. And God added to it. He said, you're no longer going to be called... In fact, look at um, Genesis 17, 5. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. 90 years old. And God says, you're not just an exalted father. You're a father of many nations. And he still didn't have any kids. And he had to make a decision. Would he trust the truth about what God said about him? or the reality that he saw in himself. And you find that over and over again. Jacob, the conniver, becomes his name is changed to Israel. One who strives with God. Simon is given a name by Jesus of Peter, a solid rock. And every one of them with that name change had to make a decision. Will I believe what God says is the truth about me? Or will I only go by what I see in myself? Because the truth is, I look at myself... And there's so much I see in myself, and I say, "Why? <laughs> Why am I that way?" I, just as an example, this, uh, last November, we went to Uganda on a mission trip with, with two other people, with um, Donna Parker and, and Cheryl Goodman went with me. And, and we had a stopover in Amsterdam. And we're sitting in the airport in Amsterdam and looking out at the planes. And you know how the fans, the, the turbines are kind of spinning. And, 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 uh, Cheryl said something to the fact that, wow, it must be really windy out there. Look at how those turbines are spinning. And I said, that's not spinning from the wind. Now you gotta understand, Cheryl was in the Air Force, okay? She worked out on the flight line, okay? And she starts arguing with me. And, you know, and I said, that's not spinning by the wind. Uh. And then I began to realize, what is it? Why do I always have to be right? Why do I always have to be right? Now, I know because 95% of the time I really am, but why do I always have to be right? I don't like that in myself. I don't like that in myself. Why do I always have to be right? Why do I always have to be the know-it-all? Why do I always have to be the one in charge? It's issues of pride and ugliness inside of me. And I hate it look at myself and I said God why do I always have to be that way the good news is that God sees in me something better God sees in you something better than what you see in yourself and he's in the process of having you become what he intended you to be that's the good news and that starts in Genesis and it carries all the way through to the last book of the Bible in Revelation chapter 2 I don't know if you've ever read Revelation. Maybe you have. Maybe you just stay away from it. But there's a very, very interesting sentence in there. And it's in the letter to the church of Pergamum. And it says this. He says, To him who overcomes, I will, give them, I, will have, I will also give each of them a white stone with a new name written on it. God has a new name for you and for me. He sees in you and me stuff we don't see in ourselves. And the garbage we see about our own lives, he says, I know, we're working on that. He says, eventually, he's got a new name for each and every one of us. And that's good news. We are called to become. And that's not of our own doing, that is what God is doing in our lives. And then the second aspect to this idea of calling is not only are we are called to become, but we are also called to belong. Becoming takes place in community. It takes place in a place where you belong. Jesus began by calling people to come follow Him. Mark chapter 3, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to Him those He wanted, and they came to Him that they might be with Him. Jesus has called you to belong, to belong to His family, to belong to Him. There are two Greek words, by the way, which the New Testament was written originally in the Greek language. I mean, there are two Greek words for, for call. The first, and they're very, very closely sounding and very, very related. Uh, the first is keliuo. That means to call, to command. You call someone to do something. You call someone to boss them around. Okay, that's keliuo. The other word is kaleo. And that word means to call, to bring close to come over here, come be with me. And it's that word that's used there. that God has called us to be with Him. Jesus started with a small circle of friends. And this group of people, they argued among themselves, they jockeyed for position, they didn't understand, they got stuff wrong, they spoke out of turn, they met all of those mistakes, and yet Jesus called them to belong to Him. And to do life together... And through them, He built a new community. It started with 12. It became 120. became to over 2,000. And then it expanded out beyond Jerusalem into other parts of the world, to Rome and to Corinth. And those very same words, that word kaleo, is the very same word in Romans 1.6. You are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Paul's writing to the Roman church now. You are called to belong. 1 Corinthians, writing to the Corinthian church, to the church of God in Corinth, called to be His holy people together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord. And that's you and that's me. We are called to belong. Called to belong. In fact, the Greek word for church is ekklesia. Called out ones. That's what the church is. It is people living with a sense of calling and learning to do it together. Growing communities of Christ followers. Little pockets of God's community here and there around the world. Together we grow. And together we learn to see in each other the things that we might not see in ourselves. And to encourage each other. And to help each other. And to support each other. That's what the church is all about. Eugene Peterson writes this, said anyone who joins a church expecting to be part of a happy and harmonious gathering of well put together people sooner or later are in for a serious disappointment. We can also suspect that such a person hasn't really read the scriptures very carefully. There are exceptions, occasionally quite glorious exceptions, but Christian communities, all of them, are communities in progress, baptized sinners in various stages of development in this life of love. Men and women are not admitted into the community by presenting credentials of love skills, nor do we maintain our place in the community by passing periodic peer reviews on love. We are here to be formed over our lifetimes into a community of the beloved, God's beloved, who are being formed into a people who love God and one another in the way and on the terms in which God loves us. It's slow work. We are slow learners. And though God is unendingly patient with us, we are not very patient with one another. Outsiders observing our embarrassingly slow and erratic progress in love wonder why we even bother. Well, we bother because God is love. He created us in love. He saved us in an act of love. He commanded us to love one another. Love is the ocean in which we swim. So what if many of us are only learning to wade in the shallows and others can barely dog paddle for a short distance? We are learning and we see the possibilities of one day taking long, relaxed, easy strokes into the deep. That's community. That's what God has called us to. And what you find in the New Testament in that early church is that the same calling idea took place among them. In Acts chapter 4, it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas. Same word. The apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold the field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. The the early church saw in this man something that he didn't see in himself. And they called him son of encouragement. That same idea of calling now is being practiced by the early church. And I remember very, very distinctly to this day as a college student in my church having one of the leaders in my church come up to me one day and say something very simple. He just said, you know, Ken, I see in you a pastor's heart. I'm not telling you what to do with that. I'm just telling you, I've noticed this in you. And I just want to encourage you along those lines. (laughs) You have no idea what a difference that made in my life. To have someone else come to me and say, I see in you something of promise. I see in you something of hope. Oh, man, I'm going to pursue that. That's what the church is to be. A gathering of people who give encouragement and hope and inspiration to each other to help each other along in this whole idea of learning how to learn to live and love. And it all comes from this sense of Belonging. We are called to become what we are not yet. We are called to belong to the one that we couldn't possibly hope to belong to were it not for His grace. And then the third aspect of this idea of calling is that we are called, and I couldn't think of a B word, so we are called to be participants. <laughs> I tried a few, and I didn't, none of them fit, so here we go. We are called to be participants. God has called us to do His work in this world. And that's our part of it. The outgrowth of becoming and belonging is serving. Mark 3, again, Jesus called those He wanted, they came to Him, that they might be with Him, and that He might send them out. See, ultimately what He was doing was He called them together. He called them to belonging. And then the purpose of all that is so that He could send them out. This is our highest calling. Look at Galatians 5.13. You have been called to live in freedom. That word again. But... Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That is the ultimate of the calling. And it's much, much bigger and far grander than building our own little kingdoms. It's far, far bigger than that. It's bigger than your career. It's bigger than your lifestyle. It's bigger than your business decisions and your stock portfolio. It's bigger than your resume. It's bigger than your personal agendas. And yet it includes all of those things. It is all of those things. I don't know where it is that we got this idea that calling was only for pastors and missionaries. Because it's for all of us. You are a Christ follower first who happens to be a carpenter. You are a believer who might happen to be a banker. (laughs) You are a missionary who happens to work managing a department. See, you are a follower first. And then how you play that out using your skills and your abilities and your talents, well, that's up to you. But first and foremost, you are called to be a kingdom builder because that's what God is doing in this world. Christ came to bring His kingdom. And He continues to bring His kingdom to this world through you and through me. And that is our calling. It is seeing our whole lives from a kingdom perspective. That all that we have comes from God. And it is all for use in building His kingdom. And that call goes to each and every one of us. And it is not some mystical thing. More often than not, it is a process. Discovering your calling doesn't come to you necessarily in a dream or in a voice from God. More often than not, it comes in this process of discovering how God made you how He wired you up, how He has gifted you. And the talents and the abilities and the skills and the passions and the experiences that He's brought you through are all part of it. And so as we start this new year, what I want to encourage you to do is to start looking at your life in a different way. And start asking yourself, okay, God, how have you wired me up? And if you want help with that, by the way, our journey class is just starting this morning. And you can still pick up on it and get in on the rest of it. But, but in that class, we help you go through that whole process. And it's all about discovery. How God made you. Because see, He has called you to a deeper life. He has called you to a far more rich, enriching life. And He wants to use every aspect of how he, what He put into you to let you use that in His kingdom. And one of the best ways is to take a look and say, what are my skills? What are my abilities? How has God gifted me? And if you're here this morning, you're thinking, well, that's for other types of people. That's not for me. There's too much garbage in my life. or, Or there's too much darkness in my past. or so much hurt and brokenness. There can't possibly be a calling for me. Let me read to you the words of Jesus. I have not come to call the righteous... But sinners, you're the one He came to call. It's for you. It's for me. Would you bow your heads with me? You have been called. And in the coming weeks, we're going to look together at the implications of that and how that's worked out in each of our lives. Maybe for you this morning, it's about becoming. It's the starting place. And you find yourself at this point in your life in the grip of a habit or a sin pattern, or some destructive behavior, detrimental behavior that just keeps getting in the way. And maybe your prayer this morning is, Lord, give me a new identity. Give me a new name. I admit I've messed up. And doing it on my own is not working. I need your forgiveness. I need that new sense of purpose. And I turn over the controls of my life to you. Maybe this morning for you it's about belonging. You've made that first step of faith and you've given your life to Christ but, but, but in terms of getting involved and getting connected into the church family, you're kind of staying on the outs. You don't want to go too deep in it. But maybe this year, it's time to get serious about connecting. You get involved in a small group. You can learn to care for and, and love and learn and grow together. And we've got a bunch of small groups where you can get plugged in. I encourage you to do that. Maybe it's about getting committed to membership here. And plugging in seriously. Maybe this morning it's about serving for you. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a Christ follower. Yeah, you're plugged into the church. But you're thinking, I don't have anything to offer. That just simply isn't true. You have gifts and talents and resources and experiences that you can draw on that will benefit the people around you. And it's time maybe for you to start giving back and investing your time and your talents and your treasure for His kingdom. Living with a greater sense of purpose and calling in your life. I don't know where it is for you. I know some of the next steps I need to take going deeper in all of this. But what I would invite you this morning as we close this gathering together and begin this new series is to say, okay, Lord, this year, I'm taking a new tack. My life's in your hands. I want to live up to your calling. And if this morning it's that very, very first step, that's just to acknowledge up till now, Lord, I've been living on my own and living for myself, and it's time to let go. I need your forgiveness, I need your life. Let me encourage you to take that step this morning. Join me in prayer. Lord, you have called each and every one of us. And that call will lead us in all kinds of new directions if we will follow it. This morning I first pray for those taking that first step of faith. Saying, okay, Lord, I want to become something different. I want to follow You. I want to learn what this life You have for me is all about. I've messed it up on my own. And in some ways, I've maybe done it pretty good on my own, but I need something more. Forgive my past and give me that new identity, I pray. For those, Lord, who need to take that next step of belonging, their prayer is Lord I want to get connected I want to build deeper relationships I want to get to know your people learn more about living this life in community my commitment this year is to get better connected show me the ways to do that Lord And for those whose prayer is Lord I need to start using my gifts for your glory I'm pretty good building my own kingdom it's time to start building yours it's time to start giving back in the ways that I can in whatever ways you can use me, Lord I'm yours I'm available to serve you Lord whatever we are at this morning, wherever we're at the prayer is take us to the next level We learn to pursue your call on our lives. Give us the strength and the leading, the guidance to do it faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's stand together.